The nation's largest pharmacies have been closing stores, making access to pharmaceutical care and other basic health services more difficult for patients. Independently owned pharmacies are also not immune from financial pressures. In places like rural Kansas, we're beginning to see pharmacy deserts. Beck Shackelford Wanganga of the Kansas News Service explains what's driving the closures of rural pharmacies. <laughs> Rocker's Pharmacy, this is Christian. Can I help you? It's a busy Monday afternoon at Rocker's Pharmacy in Paola, Kansas. A former John Deere dealership building now houses the pharmacy, and although it's fairly new, it has a retro feel, thanks to a soda fountain and ice cream counter. Pharmacist Nate Rockers is the owner. He says the counter wasn't added simply as a revenue stream, but rather as a way to slow people down. Our goal in this pharmacy isn't to rush people in and out of our door. It's to get an opportunity to know our patients. One of those customers is Laura Eggleston. She says she's been going to Rockers off and on for around a decade, and she prefers Rockers over big chain pharmacies like CVS or Walmart. They get to know their customers, and it feels like family. Independent pharmacies like Rockers might know their customers' names and their medical history, which helps them catch mistakes on prescriptions and provide individualized care. At Rockers, though patrons stream in, the profit margins tell a different story. Rockers says last year, 20% of prescriptions they filled were at a loss, and 50% were filled for only a $4 profit. And when I say we dispensed at a loss, that is just for the cost of the product. That doesn't include the time and the resources that we had into fulfilling that prescription. Lots of pharmacies like this are closing and creating pharmacy deserts, largely in rural areas. According to GoodRx, Kansas is one of four states with the largest number of counties that lack access to a pharmacy. That's because western Kansas is about as rural as you can get, and so we disproportionately are represented in this way. That's Tessa Schnelli, president of the Kansas Pharmacists Association. She says when a hometown pharmacy closes, people are stuck driving long distances for basic services like vaccines. Or they get prescriptions by mail without the one-on-one -on -one help from a pharmacist. Schnelli says to know why pharmacies are struggling and closing, people need to understand pharmacy benefit managers, or PBMs. I think it kind of helps to go back to go forward and understand, like, what was the original purpose. Schnelli says PBM started in the late 1960s as a way to lower prescription prices for consumers. They work as a broker between insurance agencies and pharmacies, determining what patients pay for drugs and what drugs are covered by insurers. But over the years, pharmacy benefit managers began to consolidate. Now, big insurance companies like Aetna, United Healthcare, and Cigna own their own PBMs. And many of those companies also own mail order or chain retail pharmacies. Schnelli says these companies now control the market and are pushing out smaller players. And she says they're not saving money for consumers or employer health plans. They're pulling in huge profits. A Brookings Institution study found the top three PBMs raked in more than $400 billion in combined revenue in 2022. There's no transparency. That's the point. So, like, even if they were saving money, they say this is our super secret, like, uh, way of saving money that we don't ever show you. Okay. Health policy expert Karen Van Nuys of the University of Southern California's Schaefer Center agrees with Schnelli. She says it's no surprise that the top three PBMs are choking out community pharmacies. Van Nuys says as brokers, PBMs get to see the pharmacy transactions from all angles. 
And she says they purposefully keep that information to themselves. The fact that they have that visibility means that they can capture profits or design contracts in such a way to bring more money to them. The Pharmaceutical Care Management Association represents pharmacy benefit managers and responded to criticisms with a statement. It said a strong relationship between PBMs and pharmacies can help them remain profitable through funding streams like reimbursements, so the pharmacies can focus on patient care. Van Nuys says there are some positives to what PBMs do. She says when it comes to covering prescriptions, especially with insurance, there's a lot of paperwork involved. So PBMs do a number of important things. So certainly the processing of those claims and that kind of back office transaction, somebody needs to do that. Hello, Nate. Back at the pharmacy in Payola, Nate Rockers is still skeptical. It's to the point where he's been working on a pharmacy-owned PBM to compete. And he's discouraging his kids from joining the pharmacy profession and taking over the family business. I feel guilty saying it but unfortunately it's a reality. There are currently more than 20 bills pending in Congress which aim to increase regulation and demand transparency of pharmacy benefit managers. In late February, the National Association of Attorneys General sent a letter urging Congress to reform the way PBMs do business. For Here and Now, I'm Beck Shackelford-Wanganga.